Hello and welcome to The Walk, a podcast where we discuss parenting and what the Bible says about it. We are your hosts, Tony and Laura Smith. God's Word contains truth, encouragement, and application, which we want to share with you, the mom or dad journeying through the chaos of raising kids. From the newborn to the rebellious teenager, our mission is to provide you with the hope and skills that allows you to be the parent God calls you to be. So, we are starting a five-part series on family worship. Yeah, we were we learned that family worship is a concept of teaching God to your children and worshiping God as a family. You could also just call it family devotions, which is a little probably more commonly well known. Mm-hmm. Family worship, family prayers, family devotions. We stumbled upon family worship through a couple of books. Family Worship by Donald Whitney and Family Shepherds by Vody Bauckham Jr. But I can't remember what caused me to read them or how I heard about them. So I think, Laura, you may have heard about it on Family Life Radio or something, but um, you got them for me for Christmas one year. Yeah. He ate them up in like probably a week. <laughs> that was like no time flat. He flew through those books with a pen and a highlighter and had a bunch of new ideas for our family. And I remember thinking he was totally crazy <laughs> when he was done. Like, you want to do what with our family? But it has been really good for us. Yeah, it was so revolutionary. Yeah. And it's such an old concept. Like family worship has been going around for centuries. And It's just something that I had never even heard of or thought of, not in the way that these books described. So, but anyway, Family Worship by Donald Whitney and Family Shepherds by Vody Bauckham Jr. are two great resources. They are found in our show notes on our website. You can just click on the link and it'll take you right there. But they're really, really good. So, but anyway, yeah, Family Worship, that book gives some detail about the history of family worship and how people have conducted family worship, but also the reasons on why. And then Family Shepherds, the other book, uh, goes into detail on a lot of practical tactics to conduct family worship and explains why he does each one with his family. Really, our goal in discussing family worship is to offer some practical application on how to do family worship, but also why it's important, not just for your kids, but you as a mom or a dad. Yep. And this uh, this series has a couple of Bible verses that just summarize the whole thing. Yeah, this section has kind of become our parenting verses, our life verses for our family. We each have our own life verses that we really like, and it changes with each season of life, it seems like. But this is one that we intentionally spent time memorizing, and it was, I think, the first one that we worked on with our oldest daughter. Yep. So over the next five episodes, this one and four others, we will dive into what these verses mean to you as a parent, but also to your kids and how you can apply them. It starts in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses 
and on your gates. So those are the verses that we really are focusing on over the next five episodes. But this episode is focusing on verse five. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So you as a listener are probably thinking, why is this important? How do I incorporate this into parenting and into daily life if it's not something that you're already doing? One of the first reasons that we think it's important is because God poured out so much love for us. He gave his son for us. We're just going through the Christmas season right now, and we're celebrating Jesus' birth, and in a couple months we'll celebrate his death, but not just the death, but that he rose again. That's the biggest part of our faith. That's that Jesus didn't stay dead, that there was hope after death, that he came back and made a way for us. Because God poured out so much love for us, he asks that we return that love to him with all of our being. One of the ways that we can do that is by worshiping him in our homes and teaching our kids about him. The goal is to foster a hope and a love for him in the hearts of our kids. Yeah, and the whole point, the why behind it is that God deserves to be worshiped, not just in church, but in our homes. God deserves to be worshiped in our homes. And I think in our society today, that's not done. There are a lot of resources to teach your kids God's truth. And I think this is where sometimes we as parents can get lazy. We can rely on programs through the church, movies, or programs like VeggieTales, Bible Camps. And those are really good resources. They just don't foster a trusting relationship that your child can wrestle through doubts and struggles and emotions. And maybe you do have a really great children's program director or a youth leader, and that's awesome. But don't you want your child to be able to bring their doubts about God to you so that you can teach them God's truth with them in his word? Yeah, the, or what you're saying here is that we want to foster a relationship with your kids on a spiritual level. Right. But also, going back to those resources, Bible camp, youth group, like those tools are great and they should be used. But they should be used as a supplement to your kids' spiritual growth. They shouldn't be the primary source. You as a parent should be the primary example of God in your house. Kind of transitioning to that, how do we as parents or individual adults love God with all of our being? You know, and it looks different for everybody, but there are some commonalities. Some of the tools in your spiritual toolbox should be reading your Bible consistently. Maybe the first step should be getting a Bible if you don't have one. Then maybe Memorizing some scripture, be part of a church, praying to God or having communication with God, talking with him, casting your doubts and your thoughts and your worries and your joys to him. We want to walk through this little toolbox, a couple of things that we find are valuable to love the Lord with everything that you are. Yeah, you you as a parent are setting this foundation for your child They are watching you and observing you. So one thing that you can do is just reading your Bible consistently. Everybody's version of consistent looks different. The biggie is that you're doing it. Tony is such an early bird. (laughs) Early as in I wake up at 4.30 every morning. Whether he's working or not, it's awful. (laughs) Um, But he gets up really early in the morning and has his time in the Word before anybody gets up. And it's just him and the Lord. 
Well, my time in the word looks totally different. So we we drive our daughter to school and it's probably about a 25, 30 minute drive. And I usually get there early in the afternoons so that I'm not in the back of the pickup line. I just bring my Bible with me in the car and I sit there and I have my God time while our youngest naps in the back seat. And it's not perfect. Sometimes she doesn't nap and my God time is really interrupted and crazy, but um, you just have to find what works for you and know that this is just a season and that God speaks to us as parents, even through the chaos of raising kids. And children are very observant and will see you with your Bible open. They might even ask questions and you could even invite them to join you and you could read out loud to them. And it doesn't have to be for very long, just a couple of minutes, but invite them to read God's word with you. If they see you doing it, they're going to naturally be curious on what you're doing because you're their parent. Yeah, the older your kids get, the more interesting those discussions get when you invite them to read God's word with you. I was reading through parables in Matthew and invited our oldest daughter to sit down and read a parable with me. And her questions were really intriguing after we sat down and were chatting through what the parable meant and how it applies to our life and what God meant through it. And time in the Word gets your heart right, which allows you to have a more positive attitude. Another way that you can set an example for your children and love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength is by dwelling on Scripture, a.k.a. Scripture memory. Woohoo! It's like having Google with you in your brain and allows you to pull verses out that apply to each moment. You definitely have to find what works for you. Like in our family, the same thing doesn't work for me that works for Tony. For me, I write things down on sticky notes and I will put them all over the place. If if you were ever to be a fly on the wall in our house, you would see little sticky notes on our coffee pot and sometimes on the mirror, all over my Bible, sometimes on the window above the sink. They are everywhere. Yep. And for me, those sticky notes are great, but I just have to be really intentional. Like I have to repeat, 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 and stick with it for a long time. But it's really easy to incorporate Bible memory into family worship. So we started memorizing verses when our kids were two to three. They need a little bit of extra help, but it is really powerful to hear them repeating God's word from memory, especially when they're not prompted. Yeah, it's amazing what little ones can absorb, and when you least expect it, recite on their own. It's it's pretty awesome. And prayer is another concept to incorporate into family worship. So when we pray to God, our spirit becomes in tune with God's, and not only praying for your family, but praying with your family makes a huge difference. Uh, that naturally teaches your kids how to pray. And they will feel comfortable talking to God even when you're not there. So this week we've been home as a family, which has been really nice. A little bit crazy too, but also really nice. While Tony and I were in the kitchen getting our lunch ready, our oldest daughter and youngest were at the lunch table. And our oldest said, wait, we need to pray. And they prayed together while we were still in the kitchen. It was the sweetest thing. It totally brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) It's those moments where you see 
your kids start to take little baby steps of ownership in their faith, even if they are really little and even if they don't understand what they're doing or the why behind it. But our last tool in our toolbox is to simply be part of a local body of believers. We're commissioned to be a part of a church and to grow and reach others with other believers. So our church has a lot of great diversity that we've connected with, and there's still room for more growth and relationship building. But even more specifically, a great gift is to find parents who try to honor God with their parenting and building relationships with them. Yeah, that's those are some of the most encouraging relationships because they get it. They're going through the hardships of raising kids, but you can also celebrate joys together. You can build off each other's ideas and pursue God together in your each your own individual homes. But that encouragement is, is really important. To wrap this section of the show up, family worship is so important because it allows you to convey all you want to teach your kids about God and your beliefs. But even more than that, it's that God deserves to be worshipped by our families within the home. And after the break, we're going to share a little bit about what goes on in our home with the real life with the Smiths. So stay tuned. Welcome back. So right before we enter into Real Life with the Smiths, I came across an article that talks about religious teaching in the home. So the article is titled, Parents Accept Responsibility for Their Child's Spiritual Development But Struggle with Its Effectiveness. I found this article profound because it talks a little bit about how the high majority of parents believe that it is their responsibility to teach the spiritual foundations to their kids, but they don't do it. So I think the numbers were about 85% of the parents believe it's their responsibility to teach their faith to their kids, but a very small percentage either know how or just simply get too busy or just don't do it. And therefore they rely upon other sources like church and youth groups, and Bible camps, things that we mentioned earlier. So that article is found in our in our notes if you want to check them out. It's really, really good. It's by the Barna Research Group. So, Real Life with the Smiths. So we understand how hard parenting is. Like, we don't want to... We don't want to make it seem like, oh, wow, Tony and Laura have it all together, because we don't. <laughs> but we want to be an encouragement to you by sharing our own life experiences and what God is teaching us about family worship. But we don't want it to seem like we're the perfect family because we're not. Far from it. Yeah, some weeks are great, and we are like nailing family worship. And some weeks are just terrible, depending on how busy we are. If we're on the go, it's it's really hard to establish that time. Usually ours is in the evenings, but to establish that time. So we get it. If you're struggling, we feel ya. But each day, whether we're super busy or not, 
we do try to give God the glory in the things that we do. Sometimes it's just praying before we eat or singing songs before bed. So with that being said, as we have done this for a few years now, we've seen some growth and fruit from not just our kids, but from us as parents as well. For Laura, scripture memory is super important. You find yourself quoting verses in the morning as you take the girls to school. Yeah, one of my favorites right now um, is Psalm 19.1. Usually about the time we're leaving the house, the sun is rising and the sky is just gorgeous. And that verse reminds me about how even heaven and the skies just declare that he is the perfect artist even opening up to my daughters about those things and teaching them Psalm 19.1 and talking about how we can see God around us. Another thing that we do on our drive to school is a song that goes, um, rise and shine, give God the glory, glory. And it is awesome. Our girls love it. Um, they sing it every morning, whether usually whether we're in the car or not, but most days in the car, we've got a we've got a good old song going. So it's just really cool to watch that fruitfulness from repetition of family worship. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've been a little bit more intentional on how I've how I talk to the girls. Temperament has gone down as I would get incredibly irritated and focus so much on just correcting their behavior but not really understanding the why behind it. We worked on a memory verse together. It was probably several months ago now, but it was Ephesians 4.32, and it talks about being kind to one another, being tenderhearted, and forgiving each other. So we worked on memorizing this verse together, and when the girls are fighting or arguing, instead of me just getting angry and upset, I'd pull them aside and I'd gently remind them of that verse. And go through it with them to help them reset. This is something that as a parent, why family worship is a good strategy because you're not just doing something separate from your kids. It's not, okay, I'm going to have my family worship by myself and then the kids will do it later. You're doing stuff together, whether it's reading the Bible or doing scripture memory or singing and worshiping God or listening to music. You're doing this as a family. Glorifying God in your own home might look totally different than what it looks like in our home because each family is made up of different people. Yeah, before we close today, we just want to give you a little bit of walking wisdom. The best thing that you can do to start your groove of family worship is just to start. And it can be starting small. Try some of the things we included earlier some of those tools in the toolbox. And if you aren't consistently getting in God's word yourself as a parent, start there. Yep. One of the books that I mentioned earlier titled Family Worship by Donald Whitney, he briefly discusses some common objections of dads starting family worship. And the most common objection is that they're too ashamed to begin. So I can totally relate to this because I felt ashamed because this was something so new, and I felt like I was already behind. But I have a quote for you. It goes like this. It starts by saying, This happens when a man awakens to his spiritual responsibilities in the home. But because he has failed to lead family worship for so long, he feels embarrassed to begin now. Or he feels the sneer of some members of his family when he says he wants to begin daily family worship. 
or he is afraid that he is not capable of leading family worship. So that's the quote. And I remember feeling like that a few years back because I didn't really know where to begin. This was such a new concept. So it was convicting for me. I felt ashamed. I felt a little bit guilty because I wasn't being the spiritual leader of the home that God was calling me to be. But it really comes down to a few foundational pieces. Reading God's word together, praying together, singing or listening to worship music together. We personally like singing together as a family, but we're a musically gifted family. So that might make some people uncomfortable, but if you're just starting, you might feel uncomfortable either way. So one of the ways you can incorporate music into your family worship is just by turning on worship music in the background while you're giving your kids a bath or while you're washing dishes or cleaning up the table. But either way, we encourage you to take a step of faith and get started. Just start small, even if it's a new concept. But a heads up for you, right before bed is typically when we do ours, and it may not always go as planned. We have a little wiggle worm that likes to hang upside down and roll around, but she's still listening and engages. So just be patient with yourself and really patient with your kids. Tune in to our second episode on family worship, where Tony discusses how God's commands are to be on our hearts as a parent and how to convey that to your children. That's all for today. Items and show notes can be found on our website, thewalkpodcast.buzzsprout.com. We want to say thank you to Pixabay Music and all of you that are listening to our podcast. We appreciate all of your support, and thanks again. This is The Walk.